So, all right, let's go ahead and start off with prayer. And we're going to get right into talking about what we're going to learn and learn about from God's Word today. So let's go ahead and open in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for today, for all that you do for us, for the fact that you have saved us, you have rescued us from our sins. Lord, thank you for this time. Lord, help us to uh, learn about you from your word and all the things that you continue to do for us. Amen. All right, so I teach with PowerPoint a lot because whenever I used to teach kids, they were very visual. Um, They learned from experience by doing. And so I do a lot with visuals. And so I recognize not everybody is visual, visual learner, but that's kind of how I like to teach. But for those that uh, can't see this PowerPoint, I went ahead and put a little printout for you. And so you should have this with a little spot to the right of each slide for notes. If you'd like to take some notes about me, you can definitely uh, have this time to take some notes. So um, I want to thank you for letting me sub for Pastor Adi. He's on vacation. And uh, again, he uh, I texted him last night that the Rangers started playing. So they, they were doing pretty poorly in the first couple innings, but then, boy, they started playing. So they did. They came through, which was great. So, all right. So today uh, for... Uh, subbing for you guys. I was going to start out with a video, but because of technicalities, it's going to kind of be hard to show a video with um, this weird audio system uh, that's already set up in here. So next time that I get to sub for you, I'm going to have a whole speaker system in here. Um, If I had extra time this morning, I was going to set up like a couple speakers right at you. And anyway, that did not happen. I ran out of time this morning. So Um, All right, so today we're going to be covering the Apostles' Creed, just the first article, the first article. And the reason I wanted to do this is that I recognize that Pastor Adi is in the middle of teaching about Genesis. You're learning about the first book, Genesis, and I didn't want to jump in and start attempting to teach in the middle of what he's doing. That would kind of be a little disruptive. So I wanted to do something that had to do with what you guys are learning. And that is the first article of the Apostles' Creed. It's the thing that we say, oh, my microphone just dropped out on me. It's the thing that we say every Sunday, every time we have worship, and it's usually right before the sermon hymn, right? Pastor Adi and myself usually say, let us confess our faith together by using the words of the Apostles' Creed. So I wanted to talk with you about what does it mean? Luther was big on asking, what does this mean? When he wrote his little small catechism, which by the way, it's not as small as it used to be. This is what it looks, this is the latest edition of it. This is with explanations, by the way. This has a bunch of explanations in it. So it it used to be much smaller than this, but we've added a lot to it. So this is the most current edition. This is, I believe, from 2017. And so... Uh, this is the thing that we use, um, I use whenever I teach our confirmands. Every single Sunday, they get this. They each get a copy, and at the end of their confirmation time, they get to take it home. They, it's theirs. They put their name in the front, and they get to take it home, and it's theirs. So within the catechism, though, there are six chief parts that, that Martin Luther wrote. Six chief parts. And he always started off with the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments. And so then he went from the Ten Commandments, the law, which we call that the law, 
to what we have as the creed, the Apostles' Creed. So we're going to talk about this creed, but we're going to talk specifically about the first part, the first article of the creed, okay, which has to do with creation and what God does for us, what God the Father does for us. So I thought this kind of relates to Genesis somewhat, right? And so I wanted to talk about this with you today. So the first thing we're going to read uh, together is the first article. So in quotes here, it's up here, it's listed, we're going to read it together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, right? That's the first article. That's it, okay? That is that is the first article by itself. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction here. The Ten Commandments show us what we are, okay? We are sinners, right? We're God's creatures, but we're also sinners. We're sinful. And and it also shows us what we are not to do and what we are to do. It's very simple. God gave us these special commands telling us what we are to do and what we're not to do. But the creed, the creed shows us the one in all caps or capital capitalized there on the O, the one who creates, the one who redeems, and the one who sanctifies or makes us holy and keeps us holy. So the creed shows us all about what God does for us. So when we confess that in church, we're saying, yes, this is what God does for you and for me and for every believer. That's what he does. So Luther broke with a long-standing church tradition. What they used to do is they would have the creed into 12 parts. A long time ago, they used to have it in 12 parts because they said, well, there's 12 apostles, right? And then we're going to divide it into 12 parts. Luther said, no, no, no. Let's simplify that. Let's do what really makes sense. And let's break it up into three parts, three main parts. Okay? The division was based on the legend, though, originally, that each apostle had contributed a little part to the creed. Again, that's a legend. Luther does, does away with such foolish speculation, there's no speculation in the world, um, and focuses properly on each person of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So what we're talking about is the work of God the Father today. God the Father, okay? So Ten Commandments to the Creed. I'm going to talk about this, this movement from the law to the Creed, okay? Through his word, God calls forth the words that we speak back to him. Okay, let me read that again. Through his word, God calls forth the words that we speak back to him. In this way, Luther says that the entire creed, the entire statement of what we believe as Christians, is a response to the first commandment. Who can tell me the first commandment? No other gods, right? I'm it. God is saying, keep me first no matter what. Nothing else gets in the place of me. No one and nothing. Since God is the maker of heaven and earth, we realize that all we are and all we will ever become and all we possess depends entirely on our creator. Let me read that last part again. Since God is the maker of heaven and earth, we realize that all we are and all we will ever be or become and all that we have depends entirely on the God creator who made you and me. Wow. 
Now that is a totally different outlook than what the world says, doesn't it? The world points us to ourselves, whereas this is pointing to the work of our Creator, God who's doing it all. So all He does for us, all that He daily provides for us, indeed His warding off of dangers of every kind and every description are merely part of His many blessings. Did you know that God does that for you daily? Did you know that He wards off dangers for you? Did you know that He protects you? Did you know that He gives you every single good thing that you have and every one in your life? Did you know that He sustains you? He gives you the breath that you're breathing in now and that you're breathing out. What, an, what a different way of looking at our lives. A different way of living and thinking entirely. So, again, Ten Commandments to the Creed. Luther laments, he often lamented. I'll say that word. He, he was a lamenter, okay? So, back when, before he wrote this small catechism, by the way, there's a small one and there's a large one. I got this one. This was a gift for whenever I became a vicar, the uh, Concordia Publishing House said, you know, we need to send him a gift. So they sent me a uh, small and a large catechism, and it's very condensed. It's so I can travel with it. I can read it on the go, and I can reference it anytime I want. So, But the large, there is a large catechism as well. But when he, before he wrote the small catechism, Luther was very upset with how uneducated people were. They didn't know their Bible. They didn't know what the Bible taught. They couldn't even understand what was even being said in church because it was in an entirely different language. It wasn't in the language of the day. So he was very upset, and he was upset because there were pastors who didn't know what they were doing either. They were uneducated. They didn't know what they were saying and doing. So Luther said, I'm so upset at these deplorable, he used the word deplorable, by the way, he didn't mince words, he used deplorable conditions of the church, and he said, I've got to write this. So he wrote the small catechism, which was really meant for families. He wanted families to have something to teach their kids so that they would know what is the basic, what are the basic teachings of God's word? What do they mean? Well, the small catechism is kind of a summary of that. And then he went on to write, of course, we had the large catechism, right? That's much larger. And the large catechism is also meant for these common people, but it's also really meant for pastors to better understand what is God saying in his word? What is he teaching? So Luther laments how few people actually believe what the creed teaches about our utter dependence on God. They were utterly dependent upon him. However, daily study of this article, this first article, leads us to realize, to recognize that God's, his fatherly and his loving heart for you and for me. So we confess, by the word confess means to say yes, we confess his greatest treasure for us in the second and third articles of the, of the creed. So as I mentioned, we have God the Father, the first article, and we have the work of God the Son. God the Son is the one who redeems. He pays the price for our sin, right? And then we have the work of God the Holy Spirit, the one that we don't really talk about as much. The work of God the Holy Spirit and how he sanctifies, how he keeps you and me in the faith, and how he calls us how he gathers us together as he's doing right here as his church today on a Sunday morning, and how he enlightens us 
when we read his word and we understand, oh, wow, this is what he's saying in his word and how he keeps us holy. He keeps us close together and to him. That's the Holy Spirit. So Ten Commandments, that was a nice little picture of Dr. Martin Luther, if you want to reference that. Um, Martin Luther started the small, large catechisms with the Ten Commandments, right? He started with the law, right? Showing us our sin. And then he moved to the Apostles' Creed. This is a perfect transition from law to gospel, from our work to then God's work, right? The law is all about us and what we fall short of and how we don't live, measure up. We don't live good enough lives. And then we have the work of God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And through the Son, we are made righteous or right in God's eyes all through His work and nothing of what we could ever be, do, or become, or merit. So what I'm going to do now, which is something very different, is I'm going to have you get into small groups, okay? I know you're kind of already separated somewhat into small groups. And what I'd like to do is give you some time to answer a few questions in those small groups. Have someone take some notes on your special note page. And then once you're done with that, we're going to reconvene. And then we're going to talk about what you came up with in your small groups. Here are the questions I'm going to ask you to answer in your small group. I guess I didn't warn you about this. I like it when you guys are involved too. You guys are you guys can learn and grow and all that stuff um, by having this small group time. So what kind of person is God? That's the first question. How would you describe him? That's the first one. Two, what does God do? What does God do? And three, how can we praise or show and describe him that he may be known? Those are the three questions I'd like you to answer in your small groups. I'm going to give you a few minutes to do this, and uh, we'll go ahead and break now. Go. All right. Is that enough time? I think we're okay in our small groups. There are several that are finishing up. I know this one finished first. So I told them I'll have to get my gold stars. Oh, yeah, my brother. All right. So. What I'd like to do now is hear from you. The first question was, what kind of person is God, or how would you describe him if possible? So I'd like to hear from some of you. Let's start from some in the back here. Let's pick on some Bender Canorn Shields over here. Um, what, do you, what did you guys come up with in the back there? Uh, we have uh, Father. Father? All-knowing. All-knowing. Good. Perfect. Perfect. And everything. Okay, all right, okay. Pretty good, I like that. All right, what else? Let's, let's uh, go to the front of the room. Let's pick on, uh, on this area. Let's see. How about the Buckwald area? Okay, let's, let's go in this zone. Oh, th- okay, yes, ma'am. Okay, we have perfect, loving, my everything, merciful, forgiving, kind. Merciful. God and slow to anger. Slow to anger. I like that one too. Abounding in love. That's great. Absolutely. And we're going to read about that a little bit too. Uh, okay, what about this side? Um, okay, Mr. Heiser, go ahead, please. Everlasting. Okay, I like that. Okay, what about that? Let's pick on the front of the area here. 
How about the Lewis area? Uh, we said he is the creator. Creator. He is love. Love. He is our heavenly father. Heavenly father. Great. And thank you, James, for, for all that wonderful stuff, too. All right, let's go into the middle of the room. Um, let's go ahead and hear from the Edwards table. And uh, Mr. Edwards, what did you guys come up with? Um, we talked about how vast God is and how incomprehensible, how we can't even. Okay. God is vast, incomprehensible, indescribable, right? Yes. And I know you guys kind of hit that. Go ahead and tell me, please, uh, Golden Star. Uh, go ahead. Uh, uh, I'm just, I'm playing with you guys. You know that. Um, go ahead. What were your, what would you write down? We had God of love just Forgiving and just. I like that. You know, Lawrence and I over here were talking about, and he said, he said that nobody really can explain God, right? The things that he has done and still continues to do, right? And he is a God of, he is just. You're right. Okay, thank you so much. All right, let's hear from this section. Uh, okay, who would like to contribute at this table right here? What do you guys think? Okay, go ahead. Uh, loving. Loving. Omnipotent, spiritual. Yeah, God is spirit. Okay, perfect. Um, Elvis, I mean, Mr. Brock, uh, I call him Elvis sometimes. I don't know why I do that, but, um, go ahead. I guess we looked at not necessarily as a person, but as a spirit. Okay. Not as much as, as, as a physical, but, but as spirit. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Everywhere. Everywhere. Ever present, right? Omnipresent. Okay. Let's hear from one more table. Uh, let's see. Who can I call upon? Um, okay, let's go in this. Let's go back here. Go ahead. Any, who is your spokesperson? Uh, okay. We had was God's in control. And something that's resonating with us for a long time within our family. Yep. God is in control. Absolutely, that's great. Okay, how about this table? I want to hear one thing. We already said them all. Okay, we already said them. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. Thank you, Marion. That's great. Yes, yes. Okay. Now, the second th question we're going to have is, uh, what does God do? Let's go and talk about the work that he does. Oh, someone, oh, okay, go ahead. No, I said, I, I, on the second one, I like your answer. Okay. He said, yeah. as far as, you know, what does God do? He says he manages everything with an eternal viewpoint. He manages everything with an eternal viewpoint. I like that, right? Yeah. It's kind of hard to understand that God is outside of time. You know, I know that, I don't know if Pastor Adi has talked with you about how we are on this linear time, right? We're going forward, right? We're present and forward, but God is outside of all that. So he's present with us five minutes ago at the same time that he's present with us right now, at the same time that he's present with us 10 minutes from now. And so it's kind of hard for us to wrap our brains around something nonlinear because obviously God created, right? He created the heavens and the earth. And he created all things visible and invisible, right? We're getting into Nicene language, Nicene Creed, right? Which is much longer, takes a long time to get through. But, but to think through how God is outside of all those things that we are bound and limited by, he's outside of it all. All right, so what does God do? What does God do? Let's go ahead and hear a couple things and we'll move on. Okay, what about, yes, ma'am? He listens. He listens. He hears, yes. Yep. He calls. 
Sustains, yeah, we're getting into Holy Spirit language, which is great, yes. Redeems, yep, Jesus, yep. He creates, now we're back into God the Father, yep. Great, yes. Okay, let's hear from this uh, other section about what, go ahead and please raise your hand and contribute. What do you think? What does God do? The work of God. Everything. Okay, yes. Right? We talked about that he's He's good, right? God's not evil. He's He is only good, right? What else? Provides. Oh, I like that. He provides. Okay. On Wednesday, we saw something very strange fall from the sky before the uh, Wednesday night service. It was so strange. I've never done this before. It was so strange that I ended up videoing all the rain as I was waiting for the service to start so I could send it to Pastor Coleman. And I told him, I said, I hope this is helping your lawn. And he said, oh, it's a miracle. That's what he said. Because, you know, he's very particular about he wants to make sure everything is, you know, green and everything, right? So, uh, but God provides. That's right. Yes. Anything else? What is, what is the work of? Yes, Steve. He loves. he loves, right? Yes, he loves. Absolutely. It blesses, protects us, heals, performs miracles, answers prayers. Answers prayers, blesses, protects, heals. Absolutely. Um, Mr. Harlan? In the context of all that, Yes, Mr. Harlan. Thank you. Yeah, God provides for those that are evil. Right? Did you know that? It's kind of hard for us to wrap our brains around, but yes, He provides for those who don't believe in Him, as well as those that provide, that, that believe in Him. Uh, Mr. Mass? He forgives. He forgives. Right? God in Christ forgives you and me, right? Right? Okay, someone else had their hand. Okay, yes, yes. So He forgives. Absolutely. Go ahead. Who else? Oh, so their hand down. Okay. All right, let's move on to the third. Oh, yes. Have you used control? He control. He's in control. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And the third question, though, here's an interesting question. How can we praise or show and describe him that he may be known? Interesting. Almost what is our response? We've talked about what God does. Let's talk a little bit about our response to that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, well, ma'am. Uh, be more be more Christ-like. I like that. That's great. Sing like Jill. Sing like Jill. Yes, yes. Thank you, Jill, for blessing us with that. The beautiful singing before, you know, it was so engaging. The way you do it is so engaging, connecting. So you have a gift. Thank you. I hope that your son watched it or will watch. I know he's... Okay, you'll make him... <laughs> You know, I, I was joking with, uh, I talked with him a couple weeks ago on uh, Pastor Wilmer on the phone, and and he was telling me a while back, he said, you know, he was growing his beard out, you know, he and he said he looked like a better looking Moses, young Moses. And I said, you do, you look really good. He he really, he it's very full, and he looks, he's doing really well out there. He's, so. Pray for his church, though, they took in some water. Okay, so pray for his church, they took in some water. I didn't, yeah, that's right, absolutely. I texted him about that on Thursday. Thank you. All right. Yes, ma'am. Um, we have a moment in silence at, at school. Yeah. Yes. That's wonderful. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Keep praying in school. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because um, my son one year took a little Bible of his to school and he wanted desperately to, for like a show and tell, he wanted to read it out loud to the whole class and they wouldn't let him do it. And he was so upset because he had all these stories 
um, and that he wanted to share with them. And they said, you can't, you can't do that because it's a public school. It's a public school. But he, I remember, I remember that day he came home and he was so disappointed. He didn't understand. They wouldn't let me read my show and tell story. And so I felt terrible for about that. And, um, but that was when he was only, I think, in first or second grade. They wouldn't let him do it. So yeah, keep so keep praying, keep praying. Absolutely, don't stop that. Okay. Um, anything else on how we can? Yes, Mrs. Edwards. Yes, go ahead. I think we need to be appreciative, and you know, we hear a lot these days about how entitled people. Yeah. It's kind of a buzzword, and I think we need to remind ourselves we're not entitled to anything. Yeah. Keep that uh, appreciation. Great point. Excellent. Excellent point. That everything we have comes from God, and our response is just thankfulness, not entitlement, as you were talking about, how that's kind of going around. I deserve this. You know, absolutely. Yes, ma'am. We need to verbally and other ways give God Absolutely. You know, when people know this is how we yeah, there's a shut-in that I, uh, a wonderful man I visit all the time, a member of our church, and every time I say, um, you know, God bless you, and he always says, oh, he does, every day. <laughs> so every time I say, you know, God bless you, oh, he does every single day, and I say, yes, sir, absolutely. I affirm it. It's wonderful. Uh, Mr. Lawrence. You pledge allegiance to the flag that you gave me to God. Well, I would hope you do. Yeah, at least that, that one phrase under there. What I'm saying is, is uh, yeah. that's, pretty, that's pretty big contradiction. It is. It you is. To the flag. Yeah. Flag didn't create anything. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, good point. Good point. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. I'm, I think about some of the athletes after they've won a game or whatever, and they yeah. give praise to God. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. They wear John 316 on their. Yeah. Uh, that's neat. That's really neat. Absolutely. What are some other uh, Canonshield, Mr. Canonshield? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Through serving and loving, right? Loving others, loving your neighbor as yourself, right? Which is really hard in today's world, isn't it? At times, we have some neighbors that we may not want to love as much, or maybe they're hard to love, right? But yeah, we can love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. I'm going to move on because I know that I'm getting close to uh, us departing. So let's go ahead and continue on. So the Luther, uh, Luther says that the creed is nothing other than the answer and confession of Christians arranged with respect to the first commandment, right? Keep God first above all things and all people. It is as if you were to ask a little child, this is Luther writing this, my dear, what sort of a God do you have? What do you know about him? The child could say, well, this is my God. First, the Father who has created heaven and earth. Besides this one only, I regard nothing else as God, for there was no one else who could create heaven and earth. And nothing else, right? Okay, so what do you mean? You and I are God's creatures. Precious, loved, redeemed, saved creatures in this fallen, broken world. Pastor mentioned this in his sermon this morning. Second Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what? He is a new creation. 
The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So in Christ, we are new. We are made new. We are renewed. We are God's. We are Christ's. We are his children. We're a new creation. We live a different kind of life. It's okay that Christians are weird and different. These people who get together in a building on a Sunday morning to sing and say words together. They don't do other things on a Sunday. Why don't they come out to the ball field? Why don't they go and play soccer like other kids are doing on Sundays? Why are they doing that? That's different. That's weird. Why are they praying? Why do they bow their heads? That's weird. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to be different. It's great. You are a new creation. God has given and constantly preserves for you and for me, what? Our bodies, our souls, our lives, our members, all parts of us, great and small. And guess what? All my senses, reason, and understanding, and so on, right? We were talking about Lawrence and his logic, right? That God has given us our reason, our senses, the ability to taste and see that he is good, right? As we did this morning with communion, we were able to taste and see Jesus, who was very present with you and me, as we received his very body and blood, and the bread and wine, in, with, and under. What a wonderful experience that you and I had in fellowship with each other in the presence of Jesus himself. Psalm 36 says, Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast you save, O Lord. Wow, and that's in the Psalms. So God gives us food and drink. He gives us our clothing and support, our spouses, our wives and children, domestic servants, house and home, and more. Wow, God has given you and me so very much, hasn't he? We can say that we are blessed every day. So what do you mean? So God caused all created things to serve for the uses and necessities of life. These include the sun, the moon, the stars in the heavens, day and night, air, fire, water, earth, and whatever. Sounds like a band. Um, And uh, whatever it bears and produces. They include birds and fish and beasts and grain and all kinds of produce, no matter how expensive they are these days. (laughs) But he gives them to us, Psalm 104. They also include whatever else there is for bodily and temporal goods like good government, peace, and security. How often do we thank God for that? So what we learn from this article, we learn from this article that none of us own for himself, nor can preserve his or her life, nor anything that is here listed or can be listed. This is true no matter how small and unimportant a thing it might be, for all is included in the word creator. Wow. Again, a very different way of thinking about our lives in this world. Especially when we think, well, I've worked for it. I've earned it. It's mine. It's about me. Well, guess what? It's not. It's about God. What else does God do? He daily preserves and defends us against all evil and what? Misfortune. Psalm 5 says this. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. What else does he do? 
He directs all sorts of danger and disaster away from us, right? We confess that he does all of this out of what? Pure love and goodness. God is good. He's love. Without our merit, right? We didn't earn it, but he does it as a kind father. He cares for us so that no evil falls upon us. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we begin with the title or introduction, Our Father. Right? That's how Jesus taught us to pray. Because the disciples wanted to know, hey, you know, teach us to pray like John taught his followers. You know, how do we pray? Well, when you pray, pray our Father, because he's your true Father. So how do we respond? Knowing all that we have and whatever else in heaven and upon the earth is given, preserved, and kept for us by God, what is our response? So I'm going to give you uh, one minute. Sorry. I know it's not a lot of time. One minute to talk about our response and go. Works for me. That's So what CCC one is? Okay, I'm going to have to end it early, um, but. Let's go through this because I want to make sure and talk about these things. Our response should be that of love, right? Praise and thanking without ceasing, which is kind of a neat uh, phrase there, without ceasing. First Thessalonians says this, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Wow, living a life of thankfulness and praise, not just on Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving week, but absolutely living a life of being thankful to him for all that he continues and has done for you and for me. In other words, we respond, like that picture of Charlton Heston there. In other words, we respond by serving God with all these things as he demands and is taught in the Ten Commandments, similar to the movie of Charlton Heston. So I'm going to finish with this. I know I only have like two minutes left. So we could say much here if we were to wonder about how few people believe in this article. For we all pass over it, hear it, and we say it in church like it's rote, right? Yet we do not see or consider what the words actually teach and show us. For if we believe this teaching with the heart, we would also act according to it. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says that he has faith but doesn't have works? Can that faith save him, right? You know, Luther was very much, he didn't like James as much because James talked a lot about works. But it's important to know that as Christians, right, as recreated Christians, works flow from us. They naturally happen. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing we can talk about as Lutherans as well. So we should not strut about proudly, act defiantly, and boast as though we had life, riches, power, honor, and such of ourselves. We would not act as though others must fear and serve us, as is the practice of the wretched perverse world is what Luther calls him. The world is drowned, he says, in blindness and abuses all the good things in God's gifts only for its own pride, greed, lust, and luxury. If it never once thinks about God, it never once thinks 
so as to thank him or acknowledge him as Lord and creator. Remember, I said being a Christian is very different. So this article ought to humble and terrify us all, is what Luther says, if we believe it. For we sin daily with eyes, ears, hands, body, and soul, money and possessions, and with everything we have. This is especially true of those who fight against God's word. Yet Christians have this advantage. They acknowledge that they are duty-bound to serve God for all these things and to be obedient to him. We ought therefore daily to recite this article, Luther says. We ought to impress it upon our mind and remember it by all that meets our eyes and by all good that falls to us. Wherever we escape from disaster or danger, we ought to remember that it is God who gives and does all those things. In these escapes, we sense and see his fatherly heart and his surpassing love toward us. Remember, God is love, and he always loves you in Christ. In this way, the heart would be warmed and kindled to be thankful and to use all such good things to honor and praise God. So here's what I want to do is really quickly summarize what we've learned. We've learned about what we have, right? We've talked about what we have, that it comes from God. We've learned that what we receive from God, all the things that we receive in life, and then we also have learned our response, to thank, praise, love, serve, and obey Him. We see how the Father has given us Himself to us, together with all creatures, and has most richly provided for us in this life. We see that He has overwhelmed us with unspeakable eternal treasures by His Son and the Holy Spirit, as you can read about in the second and third articles. Colossians 2 says this, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Now, I was going to have you in your groups come up with a Thanksgiving prayer, but instead, what I'm going to do is uh, first just tell you thank you for letting me sub for Pastor Adi. And the second thing I just want to tell you is how much Jesus loves you and always loves you and has forgiven you. And he is always with you as I remind my kids every single day that everything we have comes from God. And the greatest gift of all he's given you is that he's given you his son to die and rise for you. And he keeps on giving you his wonderful treasures forgiveness, life, and salvation. What a wonderful set of treasures we have in Jesus. I'm going to close by saying Luther's morning prayer. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept us this night from all harm and danger. And we pray that you would keep us this day also from sin and every evil, that all our doings in life may please you. For into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, and our souls and all things. Let your holy angel be with us, that the evil foe may have no power over us. Amen. Thank you for letting me sub for you. And, oh, thank you. God bless you. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. And I will see you guys soon. All right, thanks.